When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. W- what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! Come on! Ready! Down! Set! Hut! 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 Hit me! Booyah! Oh. That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom! <laughs> It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. That is actually true. We can, we have uh, Bob Prisbillo here with us. Uh, the entire crew, as we thought, you know, why do a reaction podcast uh, after a game like that, after a, t- a couple of weeks like uh, we've seen uh, with Oklahoma football? Let's get the whole crew together uh, and just talk about it because... We're going to figure it out today. <laughs> All of us. We're saving OU football today. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Uh, that wouldn't be good for the players or coaches because there'd be a lot of people ending in death. And a lot more touchdowns would probably be scored That's if we right. were in charge. Yeah, uh, I mean, well, no. I don't know if you. I don't know if it can get worse. <laughs> Although, every time that I thought that on uh, Saturday, it, it did. not only did it get worse, it got like a thousand times worse. It was awful. Hello, uh, Josh. Welcome, Josh, to the postgame pod. You know, thanks, guys. And I, I'm with Eddie. Like, you kept thinking, like, oh, okay, this is the wake up call. Here we go. And every time it was just, it, it, it was like quicksand. Like, the more they tried to fix it, the worse it got. I think the, the final one for me, and this was like way early in the game. I was telling Bob on the way home, it was like, it felt like it, they had played a half after the first quarter. And then at halftime, it felt like it was an entire game. Right. That's but, how I felt watching it at home. And, and the Jalil Farouk uh, kickoff return to the 39, when you get nothing out of that, not only do you get nothing, but you go three and out within the matter four of... Four and out. Like, or four and out yeah. within 45 seconds or a minute. That was kind of like the gut punch that it was like, okay, this, this, is, this is not going to work out today. The problem is, you know, and it's what we've seen, it, it was the, you know, the perfect storm, essentially, uh, you had an offense that's going fast, that's not moving the football, a defense that's getting torched, and it was just like, how quickly can we get down by 30? Like, it was a, if, if the point of the game was to get down by 34 to 10 as fast as you possibly can, they, they won the game. <laughs> it was rather defeating, too, to know like how much they had talked about quick starts, yep. not getting in big holes, and then you look up and you're literally a minute into the game, and not only have you kicked off, or received the kickoff, but now you're down by a touchdown. You fumbled and you've let up a touchdown. Yeah, just like that. I really thought that taking a day to become more level-headed about I think everything. I'm more angry. Like, was going to help the pod, but I I only sense myself getting more and more angry. <laughs> well, we're going to be like Brent Venables in post game then, because every time he explained an answer, he got more mad 
with each second he kept talking. I don't think that it's like anger. It's it's just like it might just be outright like disappointment and confusion why it has gotten so bad over the last two weeks after what we saw for the first three weeks. I don't buy this idea that like Kent State, Nebraska, I they're not good football teams, but Kent are, State's not terrible, terrible. But they're making like mistakes at a very fundamental level of that they didn't make in the first three weeks which was still just lining up and stuff like that i don't know guys they're making mistakes they weren't making last year yeah like it's there's points that are worse and i don't understand well i mean i do understand that they i mean we forget this is a brand new defense to these guys i mean like if their first year they had three years to learn alex grinch's system and they still sucked but you know, they had three years. Like, this is a... F- so, were they so vanilla in the first three weeks, and now that they've tried to do more stuff, it's too much, too soon? Well, Josh and I did not get the three-man rush stuff at all. Like, no, they... Oh. You, you it worked have, in Lincoln, didn't work yesterday. You don't have guys that can create pressure. Like, they just... They don't have the uh, the bodies to be able to do what I think Brent wants them to do. But at the same time, it's like, I trust that he's smart enough. Like... He's not an idiot, right? I think well, he, I mean, maybe it comes down to Josh, the fact that, you know, they were blowing coverages. He just needed as many people in the secondary drop it back as possible. I mean, maybe it's as simple as that. To, to me, you know, I, I think you can, it gets real chicken or the egg with like, okay, you need more guys in coverage or pass rush. Okay. Like I, I can understand either side of that argument because it's something I believe Damien said on the board, and he said something. Uh, Damien Mackey, you know, for those that don't know, former OU player, um, and he talked about, um, you know, maybe there's not the pass rushers there to, you know, to vindicate taking a defensive back off the field. I kind of get that. Does like, Reggie okay, Grimes play at I, Oklahoma anymore? Has anybody seen him? Reggie Grimes. Anybody seen uh, him? That that is just ugly. My issue is. You, you can't stop the run with the three down front. They're getting gashed in the run game. Yeah. And it's one thing if you can't, you know, like, okay, you can't cover or you can't rush the pass or you can't do either. But, man, try to stop the run. Like, at least make it one-dimensional in the ways you're getting murdered. And instead, they just got killed in both phases. Every time Kansas State or TCU has run the ball in the last two weeks, it's almost like the West Virginia uh, game all over again where there's just nobody within 10 15 yards of the ball carrier you just like and especially looking through the the viewfinder on the camera it's like every time that you're they hit the line of scrimmage you just keep thinking that a linebacker or somebody's going to come make the tackle and there's nobody there for like 10 yards it's very <laughs> frustrating 40, 41 carries yesterday tcu averaged almost nine yards a carry yeah well didn't they average 17.1 yards a carry in the first quarter that, they they were that's a real every, number. Every time they snapped the ball, even when they didn't have successful plays, but every time they snapped the ball, they averaged over ten yards of play in the first. I, half. I believe it. I yes. believe it. And there's a it point act that way going into the fourth quarter. Sure. Before they finally yeah. just and that's when they parent. like finally were just like they they were, it literally got to the point where they were just running the clock out. And that was when thankfully at the of the fourth quarter. still four hour game. TCU took pity on OU. That's not no, a sentence did. that should ever happen. No, they did. It it was it downright embarrassing. I mean, I I know I told you yesterday, Carrie, that was the worst regular season regular, game yeah. 
I can remember since seeing, Bob Stoops took over. It, I mean, yep. I mean, maybe since the nineties, maybe that Tech game where they wore the combat uniforms that was a really bad game. I don't even know what the final score Ooh, was. That forty-one thirteen. That was a. I mean, that was a forty-eight terrible. fourteen against Baylor at yeah, home. Twenty fourteen. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was bad. I mean, but this is up there. This those is games, right those up games there. weren't over like ten minutes into the game. The Baylor game kind of was. <laughs> I mean, Trevor Knight. <laughs> He got paralyzed for part of that game. I mean, that's the common thread, too. It is a common thread. Getting killed in games. Uh, that 2009 game, that was after Sam Bradford got hurt. And, you know, that was their their defense was decent. Their offense was yeah. all it could do is drop back and throw the ball, put yeah. five wides. Uh, and DeMarco was on that team, man. Um, but, so does Texas Tech have a freshman walk-on quarterback that we can start talking about? I mean, if we're just going to continue narratives. They need a quarterback. I mean, look, it's not Davis Bevel. Davis Bevel is not the answer. None of us thought Davis Bevel was it. None of us thought no. that General Booty was the answer. Like we all knew. If we said it in the pre like our preseason pod, like the worst thing that could happen is if Dylan Gabriel goes down because there's nobody. And I don't understand. I, I guess I should, but I don't understand this is one of those things I'm just beaten to a pulp over. Like it's just Fans that think that there's someone else they can put in the game, yeah. not named Dylan Gabriel, and be successful, I'm, stop it. Just stop it. That's a pipe dream. Please stop it. Don't, I, I, I don't like talking. I, I try not to talk down to fans, but don't be that dumb. You're, you're dumb if you think there's a better quarterback on this roster than Dylan Gabriel, because there is not. That's and, insane. Now, it's the thing I'll affairs, say... Right? The, the issue I have is the backup situation. If all you can do is what they were doing yesterday, oh then Davis Bevel doesn't need to be your quarterback. Because if, you, if you're just going to run and do read stuff, that's fine. Like, I get it. you got to play with what you've got. I understand that. I really do. I told Eddie yesterday, but put there's in no Micah, way he's the choice. Put in Micah Bowens and run Army's offense. Yes, like, that's fine. Th- that's your best option. It, to me, that's your best option. But that's not Jeff Levy's offense. He's not going to do that to like a young guy like Nick Evers. Like, mm-hmm. it just, it's not realistic to think that they would do that. Yep. Yep. But, but that's, that, like I said, even with what they did yesterday, a six, seven guy that can't run, that's not the scheme for him. I, I don't understand that. I just don't. I don't understand how, like, and I, I get it that there were, you know, I guess very few options, but. At the end of the day, it starts and ends with Dylan Gabriel, and you got to look at what he did before he got hurt. It was awful. They were was, never going to score. Awful. They were never going to score enough points, even with Dylan Gabriel, Correct. to overcome their 100%. defense. One hundred percent. He was yep. terrible Couldn't yesterday, and I think both can be true. We talked. We talked about this a little bit on the board last night, late night, getting out those real, real good <laughs> oh late boy. night thoughts. Late night but <laughs> it, it's one of those things. It's like I think both can be true. Jeff Levy wanted Dylan Gabriel. They obviously made the decision. That's who they wanted. And Dylan Gabriel has not been anywhere close to the guy that we thought that they were getting in Dylan Ga- in in the quarterback that he is. He's been he his accuracy, accuracy has been surprising. Yes, exactly. I just don't understand the lack it. of accuracy. I don't understand. Never it. been an issue here. Here's the thing. You know what's funny is like this is the bad part. Is you know Robert Griffin was on the broadcast yesterday. He was literally pointing out mechanical issues with his throws, like what he was doing wrong, when he was throwing it bad. And when you have a TV guy that's sitting there watching it from the booth and he's able to dissect what's wrong with someone's throwing, like, it, it, it looks bad. 
it just looks bad. I guess I just don't understand how that like he's not a he's not a freshman. This isn't the first time that he's ever played football. But we haven't seen Dylan Gabriel's entire the entirety of his career. Maybe this yeah. is the guy that he's always been. Sure, you and when see you're the at UCF, UCF and all that kind of when stuff. When you're at UCF, nobody's really comparing you to Baker Mayfield or yeah. Kyler Murray. And you can get away with it. Yeah. You can get away with it a lot easier than you can here. Maybe well, like, he the windows are bigger. Like yeah. you're you're not dealing with the same level of competition. Like there's just better players that you're uh, excuse me, lesser players that you're facing. I mean, UCF against most of their opponents is the OU of that situation. You know, yeah. they're they're gonna have better players. He's not facing legitimate power five guys every week. Well, and the, here's the thing. I mean, think about this. We knew that Jalen Hurts wasn't as good a thrower as those guys. Like we, when Jalen Hurts is a starting quarterback in the NFL, he's up for MVP discussion right now. I'm, I don't know how long that'll last, but sure. like we could see that even Jalen Hurts wasn't those guys. So Dylan Gabriel isn't Jalen Hurts. Like this, it's it's a subtle but slow drop off, and that's okay. That's just life. I mean. OU doesn't have... I mean, Caleb Williams was going to be a really good quarterback, and he is a really good quarterback. He was he was the only guy that you'd be able to say, yeah, that guy does some of the things that those other guys did. But he left. And you scrambled to get a guy, and this is the guy that you got. I mean, you got to have some perspective on it. Yeah. No, OU I'm, did get fucked at some point. Like, they did. They did. I, and it was going to show up, and it's showing up. But, the, I mean, they, they inherited a guy or got in a guy that had thrown, you know, 7,000 yards, 80 touchdowns, or whatever, 8,000 yards, 70 touchdowns, and he just he hasn't been great. No. But he's not the reason that they lost, obviously, yesterday. I mean, the, the defense stuff, I'm a lot more positive about the uh, Oklahoma offense right now than I am the defense, and I'm not real positive not about the, the offense. So if that tells you how anything's going... Say that one more time. Like I'm, I'm pretty positive. I follow it. I'm pretty. Yep. I'm pretty. I'm not as uh, negative. Down, not yes. as negative on the offense as I am the defense, and I'm really not, not. too pumped up about right. the offense right <laughs> like, now. Like, <laughs> like they're fucked to begin with, but the defense. I, I truly just don't understand how that thing has be has gotten so bad. Like at least from a fundamental standpoint of tackling and I understand that they have lost a lot of confidence they have some guys out there that I just like again they just shouldn't be out there but then again we saw some of the guys that you know got opportunities on Saturday and it was pretty apparent why those other guys are out there like the whole thing I, it's a lot like the Dylan Gabriel argument yeah I mean is it is it as simple to say that this that they're truly now feeling the wrath of not giving a damn about defense for Five six years, or is that almost a scapegoat at this point? It's a, I think it's a scapegoat. I know Josh, you Agreed. you you fought the fight all day yesterday, so you can go ahead and take this. <laughs> I I just I hate this argument that there's no talent. Stop it. Stop it. I I completely concede. And guys, we talked about this in the off season. That defensive line does not have the talent that it did last year. We can all agree to that. But you can't tell me. That TC, and I keep hearing, well, it's the first year. What year is TCU's defense in? I mean, and I get TCU plays very base. Like, I understand that. Like, it's a different thing. It's easier to grasp. But if that's what you've got to do, if you've got to go back to the base you were playing the first three weeks and you're at least keeping guys in front of you, 
fine. Do that. What whatever you can do is better than what you're doing right now. Like you're never you're you're gonna go three and nine playing defense like you did yesterday. There's not a team they'll beat playing like that. Poor tackling, terrible angles, busts and coverage. Like you name it. They did it all. And the the, the problem is like if you're gonna say it's talent, okay, cycle some other bodies through there. Jaron Jaron Canick, we don't see him until fourth quarter. What what is what is that kid? Yeah, done? I, I I didn't think Deshaun White played particularly well yesterday. Like, no, I didn't he think he was terrible. He had a pick like, six that he dropped. Oh god! And the other guy caught it. And he still caught it. Yeah, that was oh, kind of the th- day. That, that was it, the embodiment was. of that day. That, <laughs> it I mean, really that, was. that play was so perfect. Then why don't why are they not just going and you know Bob, you kind of hinted this. Why just go straight vanilla? If yep. they if they obviously can't handle with knowing where they need to be in the defense, at least do things or put yourself into position to at least succeed. And I guess you can never, you know, predict that somebody's going to blow a coverage or miss a fit or whatever. But I'd rather just, it's almost like a golfer going out that just began playing and saying he's going to hit a cut or a draw the entire time instead of just trying to make contact with the ball. It'll be like, what, death by a thousand cuts instead of, you know, these massive explosive plays. Yeah, like make (laughs) make somebody go on a 15-play drive instead of, Four plays with a sixty-yard bomb over the top because he doesn't know that he's supposed to drop back. That's the first. Exactly, qu- make them be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Don't make yourself exactly. like, yep. oh, we're going to give it to you. No, make make them make plays. Like I get that. I know Brent wants to be aggressive, and I get it. Like I, I love his style of defense. I absolutely do, and I, I think they'll get there. I'm. I, I think p- there were some people like, are you saying fire Brent? God, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. But you clearly have to rethink what's happening because that defense is not in the zip code of a functional group right now. And that was the first quarterback to test those corners, and that was not pretty. I, I don't know what those, Woody Washington was doing. I mean, Britt said it in the post game. I thought perfectly, like, you're in position. Trust turn. trust what we teach you. I mean, stop. Pan- your head. I mean, the, 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 the way that he used panic is yeah. a word to describe the way it was perfect. Like, Woody Washington panicked, well, like, the, multiple times, and he yeah. was... He's he's their best corner. He's their best cover guy. Like he didn't need to do what he did. It's just like what Ethan Downs talked about on uh, Tuesday night about how a parent teaches you a lesson and you have to hear it like six or seven times before you like really grasp and believe what they're saying. But then again, there are points where like Woody Washington isn't necessarily like a freshman out there. He's played a ton of yeah, football. This is his fourth year, right? So how is he doing that? Yeah, that's like, what, why is right. right. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's very frustrating. And then there was another play where uh, Harrington was coming to to close on a receiver. He doesn't find the ball at all, and it hits him in the hip. Yep. (laughs) It would have been an easy interception. Yep. Guys, the 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 non pi non targeting (laughs) call that OU got away with should have been an interception. That should have been a pick. Yeah. That should have been an easy pick. (laughs) Yeah. I did think that Sonny Dykes oh, the, was like... Oh, the Trey Morrison? I thought yeah. he was going mm-hmm. to Yes, that's a pick all yeah. day. It should have been. Sonny Dykes almost I killed could, a man. I could hear Sonny Dykes yelling from where I was, and I was on the opposite, opposite side of... I was in that same end zone, but like the opposite side of the field. He was so pissed. It is bizarre. I'd I mean, furious no, if I was him. Nobody played the ball yesterday in the secondary. Right. Nobody... I, I can't... Like, I told you yesterday driving home... Usually I can I have like four to five plays on each side of the ball that you know I can put up to the board or at least tweet out or you know do something with. 
Grayson Halton's tackle for loss with like six <laughs> minutes yep. left. That's truly like one of the only plays that I can think about that was like, that was a pretty cool defensive play. And what does that say that Todd Bates went to Halton like in that game? Like it, it has to well, say you don't have stripling because well, he's defensive end. Yeah. So you don't have stripling, don't have R Mason. And it was like Halton and Clayton Smith were the two ends at that point in the game. I mean, game. do they just not have bodies to play a four-man front? Is that what it comes down to? I don't know. Over the last two weeks? The, the, that's the, tackle, the only thing that makes the sense. The tackles aren't down, though. Ellison played, yeah. Redmond, Johnson, no, Jordan Kelly. Like, those guys are still going I, through it. The, the three-man front thing just doesn't make any sense to me because it's very obvious. Like, I mean, I, I don't think that Kansas State and TCU have the best offensive lines in the country. And they have gotten literally – did they even – they have a pressure yesterday. Yeah, Deshaun White had a blitz in the first quarter okay. that yeah. got, Guys, got through. I think this could be what's going on. Is they and it goes back to what Brent was talking about about not being able to set the edge. I think they're just. I I, I think they have lost a little bit of confidence in Grimes and in Ethan Downs on the edges. To where it's. It doesn't even make sense to have both of them in there. Reggie Grimes, I I don't know. I was kind of bought in after the first three games. Thought he was really making a yeah. lot of plays. He looked really good doing He's it. completely disappeared. And, yeah. This is where Josh, like, is pumping his fist because Josh was the naysayer of the Reggie Grimes mo- movement of the first couple first couple games. I, I just thought the plays we saw, and there's not that they were bad plays, but they were just like he'd make a huge play, and then you wouldn't see him for five, you know, like five series, and then boom, there he was again. You're like, wow, that's great. I'd rather maybe a few more quarterback hurries and a few less sacks, you know, just so that we're getting a little more constant pressure out of that position. But I, like I said, I mean, I that, that's the thing. Like as of that point i was like guys i you know talking to ou fans i was like i don't think this group's as good as you think it is and now i'm like they're not dog meat like there's still players here there's guys who can be useful but i i I think i don't know like i said the three down front the whole point just it evades me i don't understand it they're getting killed outside like because it's just they're so narrow that you know because even when grinch would play that three down he had oboe standing up outside or he had somebody that was outside the tackle's shoulder. It just feels like Ethan Downs and Reggie Grimes, they just get pinned inside. The tackle steps up, you know, shifts his feet, and then what's Reggie Grimes going to do? Run through 330 pounds of offensive tackle before, you know, one of these fast backs from TCU's through the hole? No, that that's not going to happen. It just it, – and, and again, I, I know there's a million things I don't know, and I, and I understand all of that. But just looking at it, it it's hard to make sense of. This was all like the positive parts of the pod. We haven't got to the parts about like it's Texas week. Like I've never been <laughs> so. By the I way, guess, before 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 we get we we get it uh, that subject. Um, you, uh, I, I think we need to talk about what you drove to Fort Worth. I mean, it seems like oh, best yeah, part that of was, the trip. That seems like that part. was the best part of the trip. The best yeah, part. best part of the trip. It's in the Lexus IS this week, and it was amazing. I still have it. I might just drive around all afternoon. And he didn't drive it off the cliff. I, yeah, I, I told, I told Bob I might just drive us right into the Red River on the way home. But I didn't, and it's I persevered. It's too nice of a car to do it that. Was, it was too nice. I, I would never do that to our good friends over at Eskridge. And uh, it, it, was, it was a very lovely that car. That was my I'd, car. Is it, is it? my car, yeah. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun driving it around. Did you uh, peg it a little bit here and there? Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit. 
maybe a little bit getting out of tcu getting out of funky town yeah it was, it was fun though it's been a really good car no, it's so yeah. Ed Eskridge, the official travel partner. Uh, well, not Ed, but Eskridge Lexus, uh, the official travel partner. Uh, they've got a lot of stuff going on down there. I mean, they're getting in cars. They don't have a ton. They're still getting the inventory. But I mean, I, you know, I drive the Lexus IS, the uh, F Sport three fifty IS three fifty. Um, but kind of like what the deal is is what I had to go through. My car got totaled because of hail. I just went to Ed and I said, hey tell me what's coming in and you can go look on their website and you know, sometimes that stuff is already spoken for, but you just give them a call and say, Hey, I'm looking for this. Like I'm looking for an ES. I'm looking for an RX. Uh, I'm looking for an IS like, and they will let you know, like, okay, we have this scheduled to come in and you can kind of get in line uh, if you really want something. But I mean, just outstanding cars, also great service center. So, uh, you know, give them a call, get set up for service, get your oil changed, uh, new tires, whatever. I mean, we drive IS. You have to get a lot of tires because you tend to tear them up, tear them up a little bit because yeah. it's fun to drive. It's part of it's part of the driving <laughs> experience. Uh, or you know, sometimes you get nails in them, which I've done. Bob's done. Um, so I've been trying to avoid all the nails. That's the great thing about the lights on the IS. You can see everything. Yes, they're very good lights. Uh, so anyway, thanks the, to Bob Esker's and I lights. did have a conversation about the lights. You can, they really are great. <laughs> Compared to our cars, to, oh, man, yeah, dude. compared to the Elantra, they have a little bit the better Elantra light. Elantra the Focus, yes. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, you get people, like, all the time, like, Hyundai's just as good as a Lexus. No, it's not. Not it, You haven't driven a Lexus if you think a Hyundai's as good as a Lexus. All right? I'm sorry. Anyway. That's Texas a, Week. Texas Week. I've never I can't been believe less excited that, about going down to Dallas. I think it's, they're, they're walking into a, a little bit of a bear trap in that, like I, I feel like if Steve Sarkeesian can score seventy on OU, they're he going will. to they're he going will. to try. He absolutely will, yeah. And, and B. John Robinson could maybe he could maybe be the leading Heisman candidate after this game is over. I just it they, it's doesn't even not, matter if Quinn comes back. No, it, no, not, it's not. They don't need him. It's like, not. Just keep holding him out. It's not going to get fixed overnight. Like these are. I, I feel like it's massive structural problems within. Like I don't know. Is it I. It's it's almost halfway through the season and we're still talking about like alignment and fitting gaps and yep. and not making mental bust. Well, if it was uh, here's the thing, if it were two Kansas State type games back to back, you might feel like okay, well, the Big Twelve is know, so good. Yeah, this like, is just the way it's going to be. They have a chance in yeah. this one. Like you know, this is going to be a you know this is going to be a, a, a back and forth. Like this is going to be a really great Red River rivalry. But then TCU happened and you're just like. This team has so many problems and that if they, they can't be fixed. Don't have Dylan. Ugh. Yeah. Josh, I think you said it. Last week felt like losses happen. They had a bad game. You regroup. Yesterday felt much, much different about kind of the direction of things and maybe just how how tough this thing's gonna be. Like how tough this season could end up being. Like right now, I'm I'm at the point of get to a bowl game. And that's yep. pretty pathetic. Eight and four feels optimistic right now. Like that—that's where I'm at. I'm like eight and four. Like if somebody offered that to you, fan, take it, take it now, because I, I don't know. Like the, the, this. Tell me who this team can beat that's left exactly. on the schedule, though. Like, can't be, this team can't even beat Kansas. <laughs> they don't. They don't have a. Look, Kansas by the way, will well, shred this team. You talk about scoring seventy. Kansas might score hundred. Kansas is going to be ranked when they. Well, well, Kansas is. Yeah, right, they are well, ranked in the AP. But but when they come to Norman. They might be ranked. We'll see what they do against TCU next week. But they're not only are they going to be ranked, 
what if they're favored? Like, there's there's not a just a team on the schedule right now where you go, yeah, they can go win that game. And I'm I'm talking about at Tech at West Virginia. I don't I don't know. West Virginia, I give them a shot. I mean, you would hope, or you're talking about a two or a three and nine regular season. Their home schedule is brutal. Like I don't know. None of their home home games look winnable. At, yeah, and they at at this they moment. play like they continue to play like they did last week. Nobody's coming to get to watch the games. That won't be a home the field advantage. Streak is in jeopardy. Well, I mean, play better. Uh, the, uh, again, I, I just yesterday, guys. I don't know that I would go so far as to say that anyone quit, but boy, it did. There, I, I heard somebody. I think Brent said like. We were fighting in the second half. I was like, were you? Like, yeah. it didn't feel like that to me. Well, once the I, Damon Harmon thing happened, I mean, that's oh, that, that, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think we're talking about, like, in the middle of third quarter, a lot yeah. of people kind of gimping around. It's like, are they looking to be taken out of the game? Are they – I think there were questions. Were they really hurt? Were, I, were they just trying to – Put off that vibe that hey, I'm really trying to gut through it, but I'm too I'm too hurt to keep going. I think it's amazing a, how many injuries there were in the second half yesterday. I'm gonna. I mean, it, I don't. I didn't look at it that way though. I looked at it like, wow, you're Oklahoma and you just got your ass kicked for the first time ever. Like yeah, a lot were, of those, they guys. were just getting. They physically got physically beat beaten. up. Yeah, the last two weeks they've gotten physically beat up, and that's where it's like. I know it's five games into this and it's way too early to like even have the conversation, but it's like, where's the direction that this thing is headed right now? It, and it, I mean, from what we know over the last two weeks, it's not good. It's gotten worse. They've gotten worse over the last 14 days, whatever well, that may be. Brent said after Kansas state, we'll know how this team responds well, That'll be what tells us who this team is. That ain't great news. Yeah. They were down like, 27 to 10 after the first quarter. Yeah, uh, 479 yards in the first half. Mm -hmm. Does it seem as unorganized to you as... And I think that's like when you talk about Brent taking over, he had this plan. He wanted to, you know, put everything into place. Everything seems like, you know, the day-to-day, even like the preseason schedule was, they're going to wake up at 6. They're going to be here at 7. They're going to do this up all the way until 10 o'clock. It seems like when they get out of the field, it's the most unorganized, chaos, shit product I've ever seen. And that's what has has me so worried. It's like this is a very concerning. Guys not knowing like I fifth it's the fourth or fifth week of the season and you don't know how to line up or you don't know how you're are they just throwing too much at them? And if it if if that's the case, take it back a little bit. You yeah. don't have to go win the national this team's not winning the national championship. They're not winning anything. I want them to just, be competitive for a quarter at the yeah. Cotton Bowl. Remember the Nebraska game when all the ex-players were tweeting out, like, I guess we got there a year, or we left a year too early. Yeah, yeah you were lucky, Nick Benito, <laughs> that you were part of this shit show. <laughs> it's crazy how it all changes, but I guess that's college football to a certain extent. I just, like, I think anybody that was sitting there as I was in, like, the third quarter, and it's, you know, they're down by 45 or whatever it was yesterday. I, like, I... I had some very uh, deep soul searching. Like, what if Brent Venables can't get this done? Like, uh, I'm wondering if he's going to lose. I'm the, not there yet. The, the older guys. I think the younger guys might buy in, but I'm wondering if these older guys would say, "You know what? This guy just didn't know." Yeah. Him. Well, didn't if, know if, what if that's the case, about. Bob, I have one answer to that. Don't fucking play him. Get him off the field. Don't let him be a part of this thing. 
I mean, <laughs> truly, seriously, you have to start. Like, I know they're three and two, but Josh, you got to start like thinking about the foundation Portal. of the future, don't you? Like the the foundation for the program that Brent's trying to build. The, if this thing goes two and nine or three and nine or whatever, and I don't think it will. I know it's like Agreed. we're all being dramatic about it, but at the same time. You start losing games, and then, you know, I think that's where you start getting into the conversation about, like, and Bob and I were joking about this, leaving the stadium yesterday. It's like, the worst thing that could happen is they go tomorrow. out this, this weekend. Oh, I was going to say tomorrow. Someone next weekend, the portal. And, you know, Texas wins by 21, and Colton Vasek decommits in two weeks. Like, that, yeah, then you're the, starting to talk about. That's where it's going. That's where you know it's starting to affect, and I don't, you know everything in a negative yeah. way. I don't think that there's been any indication about that or that it's headed in the right, that direction. I think everybody still believes and, you know, this is a first year and all that kind of stuff. But like, you got to start thinking about the foundation and laying it and trying to continue to move on and hey, not Josh, get caught up in everything. We, we've seen a lot of recruits in the last 24 hours say they're sticking with Brent, you know, time and time again. You think that was on them, or you were maybe a nudge, nudge from OU coaches, or any insight? And I, I know it's very early from sure. when, when the game happened. I I was talking to some of them during the game. You know, a few of them messaged me, and we were kind of just talking back and forth. And I mean, even before many of them were putting out that stuff. They were telling me, hey, I, you know, I trust it. This is fine. Like, because uh, I know, you know, there was something about somebody had tagged Anthony Evans in something. And it was very much, you know, oh, maybe you want to go, you know, think again and look at Georgia or whatever. And I, I was talking to Anthony. Anthony's like, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. I'm solid. That kind of deal. And that's what I've gotten from everybody so far. Um, but like, I, I, you know, it's the same. I, I'm just as sincere when I say that one loss doesn't mean anything, that four or five, or when you start really deviating from what a program is accustomed to doing, that's when you do get pro like good or bad. Like all of a sudden, if Kansas goes and wins nine games this year, their recruiting will be impacted positively by it. OU goes and loses seven or eight games. That's going to have an impact. Like, now I'm not saying the whole class falls apart or anything like that. But you're going to lose a couple of guys because they're thinking they bought a good, you know, a bill of sale. Like we're we're going to go to Oklahoma, we're going to go to the NFL because Brent Venables has been at Clemson, and we're going to be these guys. And that defense gave up almost 500 yards and a half yesterday. Like th there's just a line where guys are like, "You're testing my my faith. Like you're testing my ability to believe what you're telling me." So you know, like I said, that that's where it gets it gets pretty dicey pretty fast and. I, to me, like I said, that's why you've got to go back and start from the start. Go back to whatever you were doing in those first three games, and if you're giving up more than you want to give up, fine. At least you're not getting just humiliated. I mean, that, that was – guys, nobody was watching that game in the fourth quarter because it was so over. Like, the, the, there was nobody that was like, well, let's see if OU gets back in this. Well, ABC took it off the air. <laughs> I mean, ABC did that for everyone by taking it off of ABC. <laughs> That, that was a mercy killing it was, right there. Yeah. That's the biggest punch in the nuts that I think a college football program can get. Like, you're getting beat so bad that the, they took it off the air. <laughs> like, it's damn near like when that happens, you should be suspended from being able to be called the blue blood for a week. 
They should have a one-week suspension. I think the biggest indictment yesterday was that as the game went on, nobody cared about the Aaron, Aaron Judge, Judge. cut-ins. <laughs> Uh, the, whoever tweeted the thing about uh, TCU getting to 62 before Judge it was does. TCU. It was TCU. That, TCU. No, somebody like threw it out there early, like oh, in the okay. day, like oh. in the first, and first half. TCU. And then TCU stole it. But yeah, I, I thought that was pretty good. Like I said, I, I've just, I don't think, I mean, I, again, I think it goes back to Blake. Since I've seen a team that was just that overmatched. Like the, the guys, you know, it. and I asked that question. Yeah, like mid second quarter when it was like, well, this is really bad, but there's still like 40 minutes of football to be played. And it was like, is that good or bad? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, sure, you could do it, but it sure doesn't feel like anything good's going to happen here. Yeah, it didn't feel like OU Baylor 2019 or OU Texas from last year. This is like, there's no answer. They need a, they need turnovers, which by the way they can't do. They don't know how to create turnovers again, no matter what. It all goes back to they're not playing the football. I mean, it's amazing how many times like you just like will sit around and watch college football or even NFL today for that matter, and you know it just seems like so many times a ball gets tipped up into the air and just somebody happens to be there, like just a happenstance (laughs) type of thing. And I know that it's not like luck. You're obviously putting players into position to be there, and those players are executing the play call to get into that position. It just seems like OU's never in that position. And even like, you know, I, I'm i not going to harp on it, but like even watching USC and stuff because they're on late night. They've had a lot of those turnovers guys, this those year. Those guys just happen to be in, in the right spot. And I don't think it's, they just happen to be there. It's, they're being where they're told to be. And players are, you know, getting their hands on the football and making plays. Did you see USC's linebacker? No. Number 18. Josh, have you seen that guy? Uh, is that the, the Arizona State kid? No, no, no. Uh, was he a transfer from Arizona State? I think that I'd have to look at his name to be sure, but I think that's Gentry? his number. Are you talking he's about Gentry? Like, he's like six foot seven. Yeah, the, yeah, the tall one. Skinny yeah. as a rail. Mm-hmm. Yep. But he plays really well. Like, he's he's a good player. It's bizarre. I, I watched that. I fell asleep by the time it was over, but I watched a lot of that game. Yeah, Eric Gentry. Yeah, he's yeah, the Gentry. one. He's the yeah. one that tipped the Oregon State pass in the last oh, okay. minute. Yeah, because he's so tall. Wow. But yeah, I mean, there's like you watch that game and you're like, it goes. It actually went through my head yesterday. Like, the only way they're going to get back in this is that they get some turnovers, and you're like, oh yeah, they don't do that. Yeah, I I thought that there was a point when it was, and this is as pathetic as the day was. Like they're down by seventeen in the second quarter, and you're thinking, well, if you can just get it to ten at halftime, maybe you can get into the locker room, you can regroup. I know you have, you still have to kick to start the yep. second half, but you can force a three and out, and maybe you can get back into the game. Crazier things have happened, and it went the exact opposite way. And then all of a sudden, you look up and you're down forty-one to ten at halftime. I just go back to what I said earlier. That game was over and Dylan Gabriel went out. Yep. And I don't think they would have won even if he'd been in the No, and that's game. that's I think the most depressing part about all this is I you know, I don't know about you guys, but and I really haven't talked to anybody about it today, but just kind of knowing the way that they operate down there with concussions and the way that you know, football just is in general coming off the Tua stuff, I I just don't think that there's any way that he's gonna be allowed to play in the cotton bowl. I I would imagine that was a pretty severe concussion yesterday. I mean, I like OU has always been kind of a leader in the concussion stuff. I think they stick to what they've always had, which is you have a baseline. They go back to it like on Thursday or whatever. If you don't, you know, meet the baseline, then they they don't play him. Well, and I'm not saying that OU needs to like 
by no means am I saying they need to put him in harm's way and just throw him out there because they need to win the football game or they, they need him out there. I don't think that they would ever do well, that. That's a fan. I mean, that's not, not that you're a fan, but if fans feel that way, that's just how they feel. Yeah. I mean, no, I get it. I, I just, mean, it's the old, you know, just, just give him the salt tablet or just, you know, give him the smelling salts. Get well, I back mean, out there. should they do that? Probably. <laughs> but it, See, you of all people, I would not have expected you to be like, I totally understand if he doesn't play against Texas. No, I, I mean, I get it. Like, I just don't expect him to. I guess I would expect I'm you to, to be the. Well, yeah. I get, we've just learned Smelling over the years, guy. guys react differently in how long it takes them to be normal again. Sure. Some, is, I, some it, is a week, some are like three. It's depressing to think that we're going to have to watch Davis Bevel out there. I I mean, Texas might sack him 13 times. What was the what was the number that OU sacked? Uh, gosh, who was it? Ellinger? Two years. Was it Errol, Ellinger? When two they years had nine, ago? Yeah, nine, like nine, nine times. Or something, Texas will it? break that record on Saturday. Nine sacks, 15 tackles for loss. Oh, yeah. they, I mean, they might have 18 and 35. <laughs> now, you want to talk about a guy that played with a concussion. Ellinger played with a concussion in that game. And the next week, oh, shoot. <laughs> I would guess there's a fair amount of games Sam Ellinger was of questionable mental capacity, the way they played him and used him. In the spirit of OU, uh, OU Texas this week, was was there any point over the last five years that Texas was that bad as OU was yesterday? In the last five years? Yeah. Yeah. When they lost to Kansas at Kansas. Okay. That was an awful Kansas. They had some team. inept defenses for sure. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah. they always. The thing was when they had Ellinger, he would shorten games because they ran the ball so much. Yeah. I will say, yeah. I know you've had your uh, issues with. He was the originator of the horns down movement. Mm-hmm. I did respect the hell out of that guy. What no, a beating I, he could take. He in was a game. awesome. He was awesome. He's I mean, it, he literally would get the shit kicked out of him every game. Yeah. Oh, you need and just and this. kept getting up. Was like never that. a guy that like on the field. You never got that like he was a whiner or anything like that. Sam just kept playing ball. Like you, off you, the field, he was a whiner though. Yes, yes. But on there, the dude, you're like that dude's tough. I, mean, I don't care what you say about him. So, um, I wonder how Texas but, looks at him since he lost to OU all four years. Yeah, and then he's the uh, we're back guy too. I think he's Guys, probably I, considered a favorite son still. What was that, Josh? Sorry, I am looking at Vegas Insider. And it tells me that BetMGM has OU as a two and a half point favorite right this moment. Yeah, it's already at Texas minus five. Oh my lord! I mean, it'll be it should be a double digit game, I would imagine, before the kickoff, especially if Gabriel I, doesn't play. Right? Yeah, it, I'm surprised it, it's even on the board with with Gabriel up in the air. If, if Gabriel doesn't play, like. Give up to 14. Like, there's no way. I don't see any way possible OU stays within two touchdowns. That's going to be fun. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Are we getting really excited? You think, like, we got people just signing up by the droves right now to well, hear more I mean, of our uh, OU Texas stuff? I think that, you know, eventually I will get to the point where I'll get excited about it being OU Texas week, but I just can't get there right now because of the last two weeks and the how – like truly, maybe it's been the last fourteen days have maybe been the most embarrassing fourteen days in the OU football program in I don't know five yeah. years, six years. 
I'd only say day. I, I wasn't Kansas State again. Just Kansas just, State was fine. Just just yeah, a blip. Yeah. Still very competitive. Kansas State didn't yeah, but it crap was, the bet against Tech. It was a seven point game, but it never really truly was a seven point game. I mean that Kansas State came. I might feel worse about the K State game today than I did a week ago. How so? Just I mean I I <laughs> think right. the entire product is about as as embarrassing as it can possibly get right now. Can't like Kansas State OU was competitive. They came up with some stops. They made a few plays. TCU, they were just lambs to a slaughter. Like it wasn't even either TCU is a top five team in the country right. or OU <laughs> is just was just dog shit yesterday. We are back to that argument from last year. Like Tulane's the best one win team in the entire country. It, it, yeah, I mean that that's the only way it can be good for uh, like OU is if TCU is like a playoff contender out of absolutely nowhere. But that was like LSU levels bad. I mean, defensively. Yes. Yes. That, and th- that's what I was like. People were trying to say, oh, this. Uh, yeah, again, the talent. Stop with the talent thing. Like TCU would love to have OU's roster. Would love to. You Look at the rosters. Look at the two. Like, and people are like, well, why does it not play as well? I don't know. Look at Sonny Dykes beating TCU at SMU last year. Flips to TCU, and then he beats SMU this year. Like, it's it's not just like oh best talent wins nobody's ever said that you you have to put it and aim it in the right direction and i think you do have to understand like the only way that this any of this makes sense to me is if this is a kind of like bob said real early in the pod if it's a you've got to break them down to get them back where you want them to be but man that does that's not what that feels like that, yesterday didn't feel like progress like oh, okay they missed a thing here or there no the whole thing was just just lost. I mean, nobody had a clue what they were doing. Nobody made any plays. And if that's what you're going to do, I, I don't understand this. Like, well, we just can't play the young guys. Like, cause they're not ready. Are, are your older guys ready? And I'm missing it. Like, right. I, I don't understand. I, I said it kind of last week. And I know we talked about it a little bit in the midweek Hicks pod, but now I, I, I mean, why are the like Grayson Halton might have played as well as any of OU's defensive linemen yesterday? He actually had some good moments. Yeah, it, it, it's like uh, we talked about Carrie on the phone yesterday when we, when I was driving back. We I wouldn't say that we've been around practice every day. We obviously haven't. We were out there though. I just truly I, I don't understand. There it seems like they're being coached well. I think that the staff that they brought in was good. Where is the misconnect? Where is the disconnect that is going from? The practice field and what they're planning to game day and not being able to execute it. I that's what I don't understand. And to a certain extent, I don't know if Brent Venables knows what is happening between the practice field to yeah. the game. And that's a problem. So is it a communication thing? Is it I'm sure that they're going back and looking at how can we get our point across or what we're trying to coach and teach to the players. And if they're not listening and they're not reciprocating it, you just got to get them off the field because it, it do, it's doing nobody good. Well, I, he said it in, in the postgame. I thought he he kind of – it's amazing to me when a coach can watch a game like that and kind of break it all down, like what went wrong. He knew immediately. Like, yeah. He knew everything that happened. And his stuff about you know just executing what they're taught, like – him being so baffled that they are they failed to execute anything of substance out there on the field, like 
you could see the wheels spinning in his head almost like like how does that happen like how how do we tell them give them the roadmap to play defense and they go out there and do something completely different yeah it's like they go it's gotta be like raising kids i don't know what that's like but it's gotta like you tell them to do certain things and they keep doing the things the wrong way there's instances where it, it's just like they go rogue and they go they just revert straight back to what they, they've done over the last three or four years and it's bad habits like i i mean it has to drive him insane he has to straight want to strangle somebody the word panic just keeps in my head when he was talking about woody washington like they it's almost like they panic at every single position they they leave their man and let him go because they think somebody else is going to take him and then they don't take him and then he's wide open. It's just like it, when, when the split second comes, they have to make that decision. They're making the wrong ones. Like they're not processing information. Which I'm sure OU fans didn't appreciate those post-game comments from the players because they just sound like we can turn it around like 2020. We've yeah. been through this before. We know exactly what... That, that's what we not have to necessarily do. like a good, and I'm not saying that like Marvin or like Danny or any of those guys are like bragging about being in that situation. Obviously, you don't want to be on the Oklahoma team that has now lost back-to-back games. Uh, now, what is it? Twice in three seasons mm-hmm. after not doing it for two decades. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, they've also lost four of their last five conference games. So I don't know how any of these guys are just walking around on campus and even going, like they should stop going to class to begin with. <laughs> But it just like I, it's embarrassing. It it truly is. I, it, it you know that was the thing, Eddie. Like I went and listened to all of it this morning, and Marvin Mims like, oh, we fix it in a day. It's like no, you, really. Like why didn't you do you're that lying before this? <laughs> you're like, lying. They're like, lying. Did you have fixed half of it in a I don't know a half time. And I, I guess it's in like a way... We, we have to see how bad it can get before we decide that we want to fix it. Yeah, in a way, I guess it's unfair because what's he going to say? Like, if he no, says I mean, something I, else... He, no, I... and like if, But if yeah. he says something else, then he gets looked at as, well, he's just throwing his teammates under the bus. Sure. But... I, and again, like, I, I get the... I mean, what choice do you have but to yeah. move forward? Like, I, I get it. Like, I really do. But there is something to present like it, it wasn't like okay because at that point you just kind of i think it was your question eddie yeah. like kind of led him to it and he can say yeah you know in a week we there, there are a lot of these problems we can fix like that's all you have to say but like oh we can fix it in a, oh the, the, i mean that makes it just sound like this is just some little thing and uh, honestly offensively i uh, and i know you think they do this i don't feel like they're that far away like i th- they they slow started and then it just snowballed on them yesterday like i i get it and then you lose dylan gabriel like all that stuff if dylan gabriel's healthy this offense is functional enough to play you know to be fairly competitive in any game it plays like it, it really is you know the, the biggest i don't know the biggest I problem i had yesterday just with the overall attitude was kind of some of the responses to Dylan Gabriel, you know, in the injury, like the players almost seem like in shock. Like, I can't believe someone else did that to one of our players. Like this yeah. is football. Like the people are there to hurt you. Like some people aren't there to be your buddies and exchange jerseys after games. Like they do in the NFL. Like this is a dangerous game. Like some of those guys don't seem to grasp that. There was, there were, I think, I don't know what the TV shot of it was, but the offensive lineman did run over to the guy. 
Now, would I like to see somebody going in there like, like, literally swinging? Maybe. Like I want maybe. Anton Harrison to get his own personal foul right, right. there. At least shove him down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, Let him know something. that's not Yeah. I mean, there should have been a personal foul mm-hmm. on OU there. I mean, you should have started yeah. something. Sure. I, yeah. I can yeah. I can get there for not sure. get thrown out of the game for swinging a helmet or anything, but right? It, right. Yes. But at least go after somebody, take him to the ground. And like, it was more of a just a I'm going to go get up in this guy's face and not really do anything about it. So yeah, like I I, I agree with you. Instead of it was Guys, Trey, it was Trey Morrison that didn't actually deliver the blow for Dylan because there's the very next drive. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You know the. Guys, something, and I'm going to bring up a name that people are a not going to want to hear at this moment. But the the article that Jeff Ketchum wrote forever ago, the worm is turned article that everybody loves to talk about. A big part of that article that people don't talk about was he was talking about Texas had become nastier than they used to be. They were always the soft team when they played OU. OU was tougher, more physical, was willing to play. You know to the whistle and maybe a little past it, you know, they were the aggressor at all times. And yesterday, again, it's one play. I'm not saying that like, Oh, this is indicative of who they are, but it it is an example of this team. Not like, can you imagine like somebody doing that to Jason white and Jamal Brown's on the clock? Jamal Brown's decking that dude. Like not, there's no, there's no two ways about it. And, you know, he maybe he gets ejected, whatever. But that's the kind of stuff. And again, I think Brent and Jerry and all those guys, they're they're gonna get these guys there. But there has been a soft candy shell to this team for a long time. And I think some of that stuff is tough to that that's one of the few things I will say, like, this will get better. Like I think this will improve. They'll become a tougher team mentally, physically. Like I believe that. But Right now, you got to do what you can do, and you've got to also, to me, at three and two with where that team was yesterday, twenty twenty three is a very real consideration of all my decisions going forward. Like, what is this team's going nowhere of note? Does six and six make a huge difference from eight and four? Not to me, but if it makes you better for twenty twenty three, yes, do what you got to do. Yeah, and I I think that there is going to be a point here over you know. The next couple of weeks, and we said that, you know, at the beginning of the Nebraska week, it was going to be, we're going to find out something about this team over the last four, you know, these next four weeks. They're one and two now in those in those three weeks. <laughs> and two weeks are arguably two of the worst performances. Well, Man, one of the gotta worst You've got to get Eddie away from Kansas State being terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> They've given up 1,200 yards in the last two weeks, Bob. It's fucking but, awful. I, again, like, I, I, I'm with Bob. Like, K-State... You lose to a good team sometimes. Like, I know you didn't play well. Like, I'm not telling you they did. It You can't let it get lumped into TCU. Those are two totally different performances. But it's all part like, of the same package. It's all the same bullshit. <laughs> I, like I said, I, I T, now, KSU is harder to let go of once you've seen TCU. Because that was kind of my thing. Like, okay, you move on, you move forward. Then that game just is a game. But... You know, I, I can't remember who I was listening to, but they were like, it, it's like, oh, you lost to Kansas State twice because they got beat and then they just were still in that same headspace and then just got ran off the field. It was, yeah, I don't know. It was like, I don't know. Kansas State felt like it just broke something and I, I don't know when they'll get it fixed. That's amazing to me. It really is. 
Uh, it's 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 a terrible football team. I mean, that is you, the members of this football team in 2022. You've suffered one of the biggest embarrassments that most of us have ever seen. Yeah. Yes. Fact. You're you embarrassed yourselves. Fact. You weren't alive the last <laughs> time an OU team got beat like that. I would. I mean, is it sad that I say? I would hope they're embarrassed. I I I think that there's a lot of those guys that I are I think you have to question. I mean, some guys are, but are every is everyone embarrassed? I if or, you're an equipment manager, like, you should be embarrassed. Is it just like, oh well, we'll fix it. We'll get better. I think there's a lot of that. We got Texas that's coming what's, up. That's like, what's like worrisome. Are they taking it personal? Right. Bob, were you watching that? Like I'm watching that game and and like what Eddie and, or excuse me, what Eddie and Carrie are talking about. I was like, man, there's a lot more guys headed to the portal this year than I thought there were mm-hmm. going to be. Because I was like, there, there is some, there is some soft acidness that needs to be removed from this team. The the other thing I don't want to single out David Aguebu, but I have to because he's the one that's sort of saying it post game. There's a lot of like, I'm doing my job right, but the other guys aren't. Like I'm unshakable. Really? Like I, which is wild bullshit. Like at least that's what it's time. Like I'm unshakable. Like I know I'm doing okay. It was, mm, well, if you're going to be the leader, then get the other guys to follow your lead. If you think you truly are doing okay, and if you think you're doing okay, what's your standard set? To? I think Brent's got to ask himself a really hard question for every player on that team, and it is this: Are you a football player? Are you a football player? Are you here to play football? Are you here to to play better than what you're doing right now? Because I don't I don't know if the, this team has some non football players on it. Like I, the guy just quoted probably being one of them. I I after what Bob just said, he's included. He's not a football player. I I, I can't. I don't know how. I mean, again, you got to go back and watch the tape, and I understand he's not going to like. I'm I'm no expert. I'm not saying that I am. I don't have to be a doctor to know a leg's broken. Like you can watch that and realize that's not right. Like what's happening is is not good. It's not sound. And he's been there for four years. I get it. It's a new defense. There's a lot he's learning. I, you don't have to be in a new defense to know how to take the right angle to, to tackle somebody. It, yeah. Yes. He the, clearly the, there's, there's mistakes that JV that. high school guys don't make. It's just, yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes me wonder, like, in this day and age, and this is not trying to be old man yelling in the cloud, but because <laughs> I see this happen in our industry. It's like, do you want to be competitive or do you want to be friends with everyone? Because those two don't always coexist. Like, if you're on the beat, you want to beat everyone. You want to have the best stories. You want to have the best sources. And that doesn't always equate with making friends like when you have a scoop you don't tell other people about it like you just don't and i know that goes on in some with some people like it just does and it's the same with football it's like i kind of have to be a little bit of an asshole if i want to be as good as i want to be and that that's not always going to make me friends in the locker room and you just wonder like is this locker room more about being a part of the team than being great yourself because like i don't want i don't want to point fingers after a loss like i don't want to i don't want to call someone out for not doing their job 
because they won't like me anymore. Maybe you don't need to be so well-liked because I hate to say this. I mean, it's hard to do both. Yep. Josh knows this. I'm, he doesn't like me a lot of the time, especially on Friday. I think say we literally had an argument Friday night. So you know, all, all good, you know, that, that, and that's, that's fine. Like I, and again, I'm not one to say, Oh, you need to call them out in front of the media. I don't mind if you do for a variety of reasons <laughs> for the clicks. But, I mean, it's good for, yeah, it's good for us. And I don't think it like, I, I'm never one that's like, Oh, that's going to no. like accountability is accountability. I'm fine with it anywhere. That's okay. The, but if you can't, look a guy in the eye and say, this is not good enough. Like the, the Brent Venables, like it's not good enough. Like every guy in that, on that defense should be saying that to each other. If you you need to have some sort of group, you know, therapy session where you're yelling at each other's face, fine, whatever. I don't, I don't, they, there's no way they can feel anything about that game was remotely acceptable for Norman high. Forget OU. It, there's almost this vibe, though. It's it's almost like like they're thinking like we've been so bad for so long, like we're used to the criticism. It's just kind of like part of the game. When in right. reality, yeah. the other side of it is is no, it it shouldn't be like it doesn't have to be. Yeah, you shouldn't be comfortable with blowing having off. people call you idiots or terrible at football or booing you or booing you like. It, it that's not i don't know it, it, it that just like it that makes me so mad to think that they're just comfortable with being bad that's that's almost the, to the point that they're at the next explosive play that a team has on owen field will be the loudest booze that yeah, you've it's gonna heard be bad. it's going to be in two weeks against kansas. Against, kansas. Yeah. against kansas who has a better football team than oklahoma right now yeah and they do stuff that Oklahoma has problems with as a defense. Like, their and, entire offense. And they show they can win a title 14-11. I thought if they were going to beat Iowa State, it'd be like 42-35. They show they can play defense, too. Yep. And, again, I want to be really clear. Kansas would trade heart, trade rosters with OU in a heartbeat, but Kansas is a better team. Like, the, the, those two things can be true. They're, they're not apart, but... Jaden Daniels is going to torch OU at this pace. Yeah, I it'll mean, be embar- it'll be another embarrassment. Well, it, in Kansas. It, it's like somebody posted on the board yesterday. Somebody said, you know, Mike Gundy's going to try to score hundred points on OU. It's like who isn't? Yeah, every team's going to because you're OU. That's what the, every I think, team's going that's what to. These players also don't realize is nobody's taking people it. <laughs> are out to embarrass you because yes. you have been the bullies for so long. One hundred percent has nothing to do with you as a person. But every Sonny Dykes wanted to embarrass you yesterday, and he did. You're hearing, 100%. You're hearing about bullies, and you're hearing about going SEC. That, that's, like, if you're on the field, that's all you, like, you're hearing about. Like, that no mercy. Yeah, they, they want to decapitate you. What part do you not understand about this? It's really like they don't know what they're up against. And that's just like, how? Because they say it. We know it's their game seven, but... They don't match the intensity. Motherfuckers, you're not getting to a game seven. You got swept. It's 4-0. You didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Forget you weren't game even a seven. wild card team. You didn't get in the series. Oh, man. It just, it's, 
it's insane how bad this thing has gotten. And I, I, I think it's probably a lot of it is just because they did play well for those three weeks. And because they like, you know, doing the post game pod coming back from Lincoln, it was like, it was cloud nine. Everything had yeah. been fixed. You were entering conference play. And I think just the fact that it has been so bad over the last two weeks, you know, just, just fl- from a flat standpoint of just game into game scoreboard, it's been bad. And guess what? All that stuff you've done poorly, everybody's got that tape. Yeah, and if, but it seems... F- they're going to they're gonna keep attacking you. They're going to keep attacking Woody Washington. They're going to keep attacking Trey Morrison and Justin Broyles when they're in the game together. Yeah. They're going to keep folding in your ends and creating space but, on the outside. But what TCU showed you, you don't have to do anything. It's not a game plan. <laughs> you don't have to put anything in. Just run your run offense. Your offense. Yeah. You're good. Yeah, or give it up. Well, you yeah. you name it. We got the special wrinkle. It's called our yeah, offense. You don't have to put anything in. They can't tackle you. I mean, B. John Robinson, he could run for 300 yards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think anything like is on the table. Get familiar with uh, Texas offensive records in uh, the Cotton Bowl. This <laughs> what week. is the research and <laughs> See how many yards Xavier Worthy has to get to break the receiving yards record. I'm, I'm at the point right now where it's how just, many times will Xavier Worthy be running behind the OU defense? Just be, com- just be competitive because he did that last year. They're in just Guys, be competitive mode. After Nebraska, wasn't OU like top 10, 15 in total defense? Like somewhere in that range, like top 20 at least. They are currently 108th in total defense. I don't know because they were still giving up a lot of yards, but they weren't giving up points. I yeah, may, may, I mean. What was impressive was their tackles for loss and their sack yes. numbers. And that's where yes. they're like top 10. And now I can't even imagine I mean, how they far didn't they even have a player record a sack yesterday. They've had one sack in the last two weeks, one sack and seven quarterback hurries, three and four, or four and three, three yesterday, four last week, no sacks last week. Uh, Danny Stutzman and Trey Morrison had a half of a sack yesterday. Not, not one player recorded one sack yesterday, a full sack. Yep. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know how that happens. And through three games, they'd led the country in like sacks and tackles for loss. Davis Bevel's like sacked like four or five times. He's just, it's just, it, it's truly depressing knowing what could be ahead if they don't fix any of this stuff. And I don't, again, it, it doesn't seem like it is overnight fixes because if it was, they would have gotten it taken care of last week. It's it, to me, it seems it's, it's way more on the players than it is the coaches right now. Because I just don't, I don't hear an attitude. Like you said, they're used to this game of people telling him they're no good and brushing mm-hmm. it off to where I think they don't, they don't actually hear the criticism anymore or take it in and try and, like, you have a coaching staff that can make you better. I mean, like, do what they tell you so to we do. Need to, we need to organize, like, a rally around the practice field on Monday night, like, literally booing them, is what you're saying. <laughs> is this your when, next movement? When we show up at 745, media members, if, if the media members care about OU, we will be booing when we get in. Well, not the media members. I, they need fans to show up to the practice field and actively boo them while they practice this week is, I guess, what it sounds like. 
we'll just say sorry you forced us into it. We've got to sell some merch, and you guys ain't moving shit right now. I think we had like three orders this week. Yeah, I mean, I, it, who wants to be a part of this thing? <laughs> I mean, you don't want to go tailgate on Lindsay Street right now? Is that what you're telling us? <laughs> no, I, I mean, mm. honestly, maybe start putting the money into the honors college. That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> Revert the money. It's blood money at this point? Yes, I mean, at least we could, I don't know, maybe build a nuclear bomb or something. Let's give it to the e-gamers. They no, fuck them, still. <laughs> I'd rather give it to the Honors College. It's not great, though. That was not fun yesterday down in Fort Worth. And I do like that stadium. It's a fun stadium to cover a game at. I still laughed about them rushing the field. <laughs> I guess I'm the fun, the fun police. I muted that conversation on Twitter. There were too many people come just coming at me. Oh, if you, wanna, if, if you want to rush the field, it doesn't bother me. I'm, I'm used to it. I'm used to avoiding uh, the contact. But We didn't even get to enjoy Texas A&M losing yesterday. No, it brings me no joy. That's what I told a buddy last night. It's like, <laughs> usually that would bring at least a little bit of a smile to my face. And I was just like, well, at least they were more competitive than OU was against TCU. Did like and it wasn't Leech's, very competitive. Leach's quote on the Aggies was pretty good. Yeah, about giving it away defensively. <laughs> like, well, they should look like a three-man front, and then OU fans are in three-man three front and season up. But there is this, and the, it's kind of like the cycle after a loss that we always talk about, how you know usually by Thursday or Friday. You're you, fired you up can, again. You can get fired up Let's again. Let's go! <laughs> and I'll probably get there because it's OU Texas, and I love the weekend, but it just... I don't think that like this is the first time in a long time. I think it, you'll see some, gonna, you'll see some burn orange and they're going to go into the game. side of the stadium. Oh yeah, they're yeah, going to go into the so. game as a favorite for the first time since two thousand nine. And I don't know how anybody could pick OU in this game. If it was my money on the line, I would load up on. I, I sh yeah, if we could bet in this state, I'd probably put a thousand dollars on Texas right now. I just I mean. I don't know. Oh, I feel I really good about it, too. I, I, yeah. I'm considering we, we may sell the house this week. So. <laughs> Put that mortgage on it. Exactly. And then, you know, what, yeah, I don't know what the future holds for Soonerscoop.com, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to see after that kind of payday. I mean, if, if, if there are some positives, Javante Barnes did run the ball well yesterday at times. I thought there was it's like hard to positives there in the fourth be, quarter. But that's what it's like, okay, it's in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, I I think just the fact of seeing him carry the football out on a D1 football field. I mean, he had 100 you yards go, and a, cu and a go, okay, couple touchdowns. So, yeah. Yep. By the way, we should just hit on injuries real quick. Um, I mean, that should be a separate pod in and of itself just it to get be. through it. But... Good update sent out by OU last night on Damon Harmon uh, that, you know, he was released and he's going to go back in. It was scary. You know, for tests and stuff. But probably yeah, I mean, scarier were, after Brunt mentions, oh, yeah, he's had the history of back issues. Yeah. Like, oh, I thought it was that's pretty, what I thought it, was, last, I thought it was pretty scary year. when, like, I'm sitting there, I'm getting video and, like, Kelvin Gilliam, who I'm, you know, obviously from the same state. I'm, I, I think they're teammates. probably roommates. Yeah, I mean, they were high school teammates. Yeah, yeah high school teammates. Down. Yeah, and, like, like he's crying on the field. That was the moment I was like, oh shit, this is like Justin Harrington was crying. Hopefully, this like, isn't. He, he like, knows too the Harvey family really well. Yeah, but that was scary. No, um, it was. But I'm glad that the update is good. Uh, like. Eddie has mentioned before, we don't know on Dylan Gabriel. Don't know I on mean, Wanye. Don't know on Theo Weiss. Wanye was in a sling uh, yes. on the sideline. Um, Theo, you know. Theo I, didn't look good. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the way Brent talked about it last night, it seemed like he was, maybe he was just thinking like there were so many worse things I'm worrying about, but it's not that he discounted Theo was hurt that bad, but it just seemed like he was Billy Bowman. That was scary because they didn't reshow the replay on TV, but it was one of those weirds, like maybe it could have been a hyperextension, but like he went upside down and his knee got like caught up. I it thought it was like, maybe just like a thigh bruise. Okay. And you it, just couldn't, because he was, was walking around. Yeah, and, he stayed in pads. I mean, not like he would never, ever come back in, but it's not like he was in street clothes. I think it was just or, a matter of being able to run. Yeah. You know, yeah. Which, obviously, like, that would help. And that he, did not help things when he went out. No. I mean, that was, that, that, as much as Dylan Gabriel going out, really affected their chance of getting any stops. Yeah. Eric Gray. Uh, I don't know what particular time he went out. It looked like he was working on a leg over on yeah, the sidelines. He, it was a third and one, and he got like two, and he got smashed to make it happen. And you just see him kind of gimp gimp out. Uh, Anton Harrison was down at times. Rain was Andrew down at Rain times. Rain was down at times. McCade Batower was down at times. Like it, it seemed like every three snaps, no U player was down on the field. And that's when people start wondering, were they – silently quitting, I guess. I mean, I still don't like... You're going to have to come back in the game, won't you? <laughs> I don't know what that really does. Well, the thing was, and, and here's the problem you have, if you are banged up, the other team isn't quitting. Like, TCU was not quitting. They left Duggan in there for a long time. Did. I mean, he was still playing when they had 55. And OU showed no life on <laughs> offense. So... I mean, I guess Bevel found his rhythm in the fourth quarter. That's that's the narrative we'll go with on that. Seven to sixteen. Like found his rhythm. Hey, he had the same numbers that Dylan Gabriel had. God, he was so bad in the first quarter. And he and he's just missing wide open guys too. I think that's like the most. And everything's thing. an overthrow. I don't get it. I mean, obviously it's mechanics, but yeah. Well, the thing that Robert Griffin said is basically his front foot. And I can kind of see this because I had to deal, you know, with pitchers. But like, his front foot is going too far out away from his body, and like, if you're on a mound and you're, you know, it's like when you see pitchers, uh, they get upset because the, you know, the the divot in the mound mm-hmm. is in the wrong mm-hmm. place. Like, it up, it it really affects your accuracy. Mm-hmm. Like, it. So I mean, and and he showed on throws that he made that were good. Like his feet were underneath him. Like, is is is. Plant foot wasn't way out in front of him, so it's just kind of one of those things. It's like they have more people on staff. Are they not kind of self, you know, policing? You know, the footage and seeing things and having a. I mean, you think JP Lossman would notice that or, stuff pretty easy? Uh, Holacek. Yeah, I think say they. I mean, they've got multiple guys that I think are just dedicated to quarterback play. Like what? What I. It's just hard to explain how it's gotten here. Or what if Jaden Gibson makes that catch? Oh, well. Oh, my God. Oh, that would have fixed it all. That, that would have done it. But still, dropping that catch, it's like, man. You want of, more playing time exactly. as a freshman? You've got you don't drop that. Banging the table for those younger guys to come in. Sometimes stuff like that happens and shows you. Well, Make I, me look good, Jaden. Make me look good. I can't keep yelling for no reason. <laughs> I think we've I, I think we've exhausted all our uh, disgust and I think to keep on going we're just broken records. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, yeah. Just real quick, uh, I guess there will be a lot of people that just roll their eyes and you can take it however you want. 
Blevins did just tweet out that during the taping of uh, Brent Venable's show, he said that he saw Dylan Gabriel. This is Venable saying this. He saw Gabriel today, said he's doing much better. We'll see. So really no update, but Dylan Gabriel is up and alive. So I guess that's a good thing that he's not having to stay inside all day. I'm glad that we're past that game. I'm glad that I'm not on the Sooner Scoop Twitter account. By the way, Baker and Kyler are putting on a show with Kyler throwing an interception for a touchdown as the only, the only score of the game so far. So gross. Wow. Those are both gross football teams. I might rather watch OU football than either of them. <laughs> I don't know. We'll I don't think you mean that. No, I, I don't. probably don't. <laughs> well, we will... Uh... Actually, I don't. I retract that statement. I fully retract that statement. <laughs> Well, I, I say, Bob and Josh, we appreciate you guys coming on the post-game pod uh, with us, and we will reconvene uh, oh, Wednesday. God. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say next Saturday. I was like, well, <laughs> I'm just going to mentally prepare. Well, we're going to have to do that, too. I know, but <laughs> it'll might be better. have to all get medical marijuana cards to do this show moving forward. I, I'll give you my medical marijuana <laughs> card. I'm going to heroin. <laughs> I'm moving on to the you harder try stuff. Crack first? No, I I want downers. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. Look what they've made me do. This isn't even. I don't want to, but now I feel like I have. You're to. making me do it. Yeah. Karen's gonna want to have a talk with you after this show. <laughs> she she's gonna get me the heroin. <laughs> That's how bad this thing is. I I love. I'm sure sit, Ed, the second will probably yes. already have some. By I, the time I, can, visit. I can. It's, it's one of my favorite parts of driving with Eddie is the post game talk with his dad because that's like my the, dad is not the, the biggest, real fan. My dad like, is just, not the biggest just, Davis Bevel fan in the entire world. The I can tell you that. <laughs> Again, that's your fault if you put any faith in anyone besides Dylan Gabriel. Stop doing that. Oh, and I feel like we should we should probably do like a taping with our dads talking OU football. Oh my like, god! I, yes, I feel like that would be pretty epic. Content. I think uh, can we get them to Carson Cunningham used to do that with his dad the week before Bedlam plays. Oh really? Yeah, just talking about like how many years it's been since like you know OSU just always finds a way to screw it up or whatever. Yeah. It was, it's always really good though. Now, Kerry, you may not get to be involved. You may have to be editing because it, it, it's going to need. Um, <laughs> I can't speak mark for after Mark after Mark. <laughs> <editing. laughs> I'd try it once. I'll try anything once. It's like people were like, drunk pod, drunk pod. It's like, this team doesn't deserve a drunk pod. I'm sorry. Like a drunk pod comes out of like disappointment. This isn't like disappointment. This, this is embarrassment. Just, yeah, it's like, this is. This is, they are what they kind of are, and they're a 3-2 and two football team that is going to struggle to make a bowl game. You want me to do a drunk pod when my business is crumbling around me? <laughs> it doesn't, it's not, no. I don't feel good about that. Yeah, I mean, this is not good for business, but you know what? We've had a lot of good years. We had a good run, boys. We're here. We're here, and we'll always be here. And if we can make some money off of T-shirts, we'll figure out a way. We, we did throw out some ideas. I just don't know if uh, oh, the University God. of Oklahoma would like them. <laughs> just, just, just a t-shirt that just says stop sucking, I think would be popular. Anyway. All right. Uh, appreciate you guys being a part of this. We'll be back again this week for the unofficial 40. Uh, thanks to Ed Eskridge and all the guys over at Eskridge Lexus. 
Uh, Eddie will, I promise, I'll make Eddie bring his car back, even though he doesn't want to. Maybe. Uh, unless he's going to buy it, and then, you know, the Eskridge Lexus postgame will have to go forever at that point. Uh, all right, so thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back again later on in the week. We'll be back again uh, after Texas. We'll all be down there, whatever happens. So, hey, however you got to get past this uh, two-game stretch, just, you know, don't do any harm to yourself, but, you know. Drug of your choice, alcohol of your choice. We highly recommend it. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Eskridge Lexus post-game podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com.